I can't keep up. What's wrong with me? Ugh, I'm not doing enough. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not fit. I'm not trendy. Huh, well that's probably because I'm not fit. My house is a disaster. I can't keep anything clean. I don't read enough or craft enough or whatever enough with my kids. I can't believe I just yelled at my kids. They're gonna grow up thinking I hate them. I'm Tina. I'm a wife and stay-at-home mom of three boys. Life is full of crazy, and I want to share it with you. I really want to do this podcast, but like you, I don't always have time to sit down and record. So we're going to fold laundry, bake, do all the things together while we talk. I'm glad you're here to walk through life with me. We're going to talk about something that I think is, I think it's going to hit home with, with a lot of us. Um, wow. It, it definitely, definitely hits me. Um, we're talking self-criticism. In childhood and as a teenager, I was constantly comparing myself to, well, just everyone around me. I, I wanted to feel accepted. I, I wanted to be liked, I wanted to be included, and you know what, they, whoever they represents, they were the mark, and I never quite met that mark. I tried, I I tried so hard, but I felt like I, I kept falling short. Once a coach called me a little brown noser right in front of the team, and chuckled and I don't think they realized that that hurt I wasn't trying to weasel my way onto the team or be the favorite I just I just wanted to be part of it I and this this sunk deep like really deep obviously I mean I'm still talking about it right it's still there it still hurts then in college when I didn't make the um, traveling music team I told myself I just wasn't good enough or I didn't have the right connections. It didn't occur to me at the time that, well, God had different plans for me that summer. It's, it's not a big deal. He had something else for me. I was too focused on my apparent failures and knocking myself down again. Now, I would love to sit here today and tell you that I have finally grown out of that desire to blend in and nope I struggle every day it was self-criticism then and it's still self-criticism now but it looks different in the different stages of life it's still the same lies now my lies are I can't keep up what's wrong with me I'm not doing enough Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not fit. Or I'm not trendy. Huh. Well, that's probably because I'm not fit. Now, okay, so this one comes out a lot. My house is a disaster. I can't keep anything clean. 
Sometimes I think I don't read enough or craft enough or whatever enough with my kids. Or I can't believe I just yelled at my kids. They're going to grow up thinking I hate them. I'm so busy. But if I don't volunteer for this and that, then people are going to think I don't care. And it just keeps going and going and going. A lot of these come from like the same exact day, you know, like it just keeps happening. Sometimes we express these thoughts in front of others in order to hear them counter with some sort of, oh no, don't say that. You're a fantastic mom. Okay, so now that might make us feel better for a small amount of time, but it doesn't last. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't truly fulfill. So then we try it again, you know? It's the whole wash, rinse, repeat all over again. In an article in the Gospel Coalition, Jonathan Parnell says that self-criticism is the result of a mind stuck on itself because we can only keep criticizing ourselves if we can't get off ourselves. And what's so dangerous and so insidious is that we can mistake this for being humble. Well, maybe we don't express these as a false humility or for attention. Maybe we just harbor them, these questions, in our hearts and we play them over and over in our minds. We convince ourselves that they must be true. We grasp to any shred of evidence that builds on it, which then continues to tear ourselves down. Ultimately, we feel defeated. In episode 11 here on the podcast, Ginny and I were talking about the importance of speaking kindly to and about our husbands. Then in episode 12, it was about speaking kindly to our children. Well, you know what? Here, this episode today, we're speaking kindly to ourselves. Yeah, that sounds kind of fluffy. I know, but, but it's true. Instead, let's battle self-criticism together with some truth. Fact. Okay, I can't say it like that or I'm going to be thinking about The Office. Anyway, everything that makes up your life is not identical to whoever it is that you're comparing yourself to, right? We already know this. But in the age of social media, we see everyone's highlight reel and then we try to match up our real everyday life to that. So don't. Don't do it. It's not going to happen. This just makes me think of this time when we were living in Michigan and our our oldest um, had recently turned one and had just started walking. So I wanted to capture this moment on um, video to be able to post it on Facebook, right? So I, I took our, our one-year-old down to this room that we had just finished remodeling because it's the best looking room in the house at that point. <laughs> and so that's the one that I wanted. That is my backdrop. So I, you know, make my video and I post it and you know, I start getting those likes and I start seeing those comments and oh my goodness, this is great. You know, it's just, you know, boosting my ego a little bit like, look, I can do this. I can compete with all of the people with the adorable kid and the beautiful house. Check that out. And so I, I went and I started watching my video again. And that's when I saw it. Oh my word, no. 
Okay, so I had, I had left my bra hanging on the drying rack and it was right behind my kid as he's prancing back and forth across the screen. Fantastic. So right away, you know, I'm scrambling and I delete the video from Facebook and once again, I'm humiliated and start tearing myself back down. How, how could I dare think that I could compete with all those wonderful people and their fantastic Facebook lives? Which, I mean, like looking at it now, obviously I didn't see everything, but I clearly wasn't thinking about that at the time. I was so close. In my mind, I was so close to fitting in. So close. So, naturally, as I said, I use this as an opportunity to speak negatively to myself. Now, have you been there? Okay, maybe not showing off your your intimates on Facebook, but you know what I'm ta- you know what I'm asking. You you put so much pressure, we put so much pressure on ourselves to perform that we we lose sight of who we really are and what we should be doing. Now, while looking up pulling up resources on this topic, I came across a post on the Lies Young Women Believe website. Now, my initial thought was, well, this isn't exactly who I imagined my audience to be. But after reading it, I, it showed me once again how being self-critical as a wife and a mom doesn't start when we say I do or when we hear congratulations it's a boy or maybe in somebody's case congratulations it's a girl I don't know what that's like I've got three boys we've been doing this for years it just looks different in the different stages so here are some points from that post that helped me most girls or women wrestle with self-criticism we tend to be our worst enemies and our harshest critics another is we fail to see our own value and when we subject ourselves to a constant bombardment of negative thoughts and criticisms it will impact our choices and relationships oh my goodness stop right there that is that is so true i'm just thinking about today yes you know there there's a lot going on and and you know so it's 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 all layered, but as I was speaking lies to myself today and criticizing myself for just not being whatever enough, not being enough, it did impact my relationships. I found myself being much harsher with the boys. I found myself being irritated with my husband because, I mean, there's got to be somebody else to blame, but that negative, that self-criticism and pulling myself down Yeah, it affects more than just you and your thoughts about yourself. Those thoughts, they affect your choices and relationships. I did not choose to speak with kindness today. Another point is we sometimes feel we need to talk ourselves down in order to fit in. Okay, so this is important. Now here's the quote. The truth is what we say matters and what we think matters too. Right now, maybe you're thinking, okay, enough already. So I treat myself badly. I, I can't stop it. Well, you know what? Let, we can work on it together. 
Let's speak truth to ourselves instead of these lies. We can focus on on scriptures that reveal our value to God. Now, I'm going to list off a bunch of verses here. I'll have them all in the show notes. First off, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, Take every thought captive to obey Christ. This verse always takes me back to fall 2009 when my husband, then fiancé, was deployed to Baghdad. And I was a mess, okay? You know, so I had, I don't know what I was thinking. I had this idea when he said he was going to be deploying. It was this just like, this big romantic, oh my goodness, he's going off to war. Like, I don't even know. Like, it was, it was, I don't know, I was stuck in a movie. I... I don't know what I was thinking, but then he left and I was a mess. Suddenly, I I had gone from meeting him for every meal to being alone. He wasn't there sitting next we didn't we didn't have the same classes. We didn't we didn't meet up and sit next to each other at all the assemblies. We he was it was missing and I and I was freaking out cuz in my head I was thinking about all of the what ifs. You know what I'm talking about where I just thought oh my goodness he's he didn't he didn't call well he's probably okay he's probably he's fine I'm sure he's fine you know and I and I would you know then build up in my mind but what if this happened what if this happened and then one day I came to this passage take every thought captive to obey Christ every thought captive and I just imagined myself seeing these thoughts swirling around and grabbing it and like holding it down. This does not need to be here. That's not something that needed to be floating around in my brain because I needed to be thinking on on truth. I combine that with Philippians 4.8 where Paul there tells us we need to be thinking on things that are true. And once, once I put that together, suddenly my, my whole world just seemed to kind of calm down. You know, like I could process. I I wasn't just running wild with these ideas and and my my own theories or, or anything. I like I it was controlled and it was focused on the truth instead. And we need to be doing that when it comes to self-criticism too. Ephesians 4:29 says, "Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths." But only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it might give grace to those who hear. I often find myself explaining this verse to the boys. <laughs> boys, we need to speak with kindness. <laughs> boys, we need we need to, you know, be encouraging. Is there a better way we could be saying this? You know, I and I can see myself encouraging them to apply it. But I need to be applying it too. And not just in my communication with other people, but in my communication with myself. Am I giving myself grace? You know what? Right now, life is crazy. It just is. And it's not It's not our ideal. And honestly, it's never going to be the ideal. So I need to give myself grace. I need to speak grace to my boys. I need to be edifying in the way that I talk. And talking myself down, that's not 
displaying a good example to my children thinking about it right now my goodness I would feel so bad if they thought so negatively about themselves like I think about myself okay I need to stop thinking about that that's really sad but I do it to myself another verse is Psalm 139 14 I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well I mean this is kind of obvious where we can go with this with self-criticism you know we we like to tear ourselves down for like I don't know for me a lot of a lot of it's my appearance where I'm like I said before I'm not fit enough or I'm not trendy enough or you know like I I just see all this superficial that's not what God sees you know I mean like okay this is maybe off topic but just think Think back to um, when Samuel went before Jesse's boys. And no, not that one. No, 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 no. You know, I don't know how many no's. I think there were eight, eight or nine no's. I didn't look it up. But then he came to David, who was definitely on nobody's radar. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, he's just this little punk kid. Like, why why would God pick him to be the next king? I mean, come on, king, Right. And then, and then you see David and, and, you know, David, you know, he's, hey, he's doing some good stuff. Everything's, oh, wow. Yeah, he did that. That was really bad. And then, and then you think of this other stuff. Oh, that was really good. Oh, yeah, he fought for, for God and for Israel and all this stuff is wonderful. And then, ooh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's called murder. Like, don't know. But then what does God God calls him a man after his own heart. And, and a lot of times I get caught up on that. I'm like, okay, come on now. Really? But that's because that's who God saw him as. God saw his heart. And when he did these things, he did, I mean, obviously if you read the Psalms, he does, like he is, he is very broken about these terrible sins that he commits. But that's the thing, like he's broken about it. He's not breaking himself down necessarily, but he's, He's repentant. He has that that broken, that contrite heart and spirit. And th- there's a difference there. He's not ripping himself down for, oh, man, I messed up again. Oh, this one's, now I'm out for good. No, he realizes, he realizes that, that, you know what? Wow, this was really bad. I'm so thankful for God. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? David, in this, in this, verse he's talking about how I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made I'm sure there are things that he didn't like about himself but that wasn't the focus the focus was God's goodness and and God didn't mess up you know first Corinthians 1 27 through 31 but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong he chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We are nothing in and of ourselves. <laughs> and sometimes I think I think we, we dwell on that a lot. Yeah, you know what? We are weak. 
we're, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to, you know, be able to com- complete every to-do list, but we're not going to be able to master that. We're not going to be, you know, like super organized all the time. You know, like it's just, that is what it is. But that's, that's the time like this verse is talking about, like that's the time where we can look at God and say, wow, like what God, who God is and what Christ did for us. That's amazing. I could never do that. So just, you know, like turn it like, okay, so no, I, I can't compete on that level, you know, with, with peers or whatever, but because of Christ, wow, that's amazing. Second Corinthians 12, nine. Now here's his power in our weakness. Okay. Very similar type passage. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Again, another example of how we can just flip it and instead of focusing on our weakness, focusing on his strength. He's all powerful. This is where we're thinking on God and who he is. The last one that I have here is 1 John 3.1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us? That we should be called children of God. Wow. That's who we are. We're God's child. Just thinking about it like that, it's like, man, why do I why do I talk down and talk so badly about God's daughter? That should strike us as as important, significant, right? Here are some things that I was also thinking about. Now, am I discouraged over my sin and failures? You know what? My God gives grace freely. Romans 3.24 says we are justified freely by his grace. His grace, as I already said, his grace is sufficient for us in every situation. And he freely gives it. We don't need to keep knocking ourselves down over our past sins and our past failures. This makes me think of that Sovereign Grace song, um, Forgiven. One of the verses mentions this, how we just get so caught up in that and we think, man, I'm not even worth it anymore. But God has forgiven us and he just keeps giving us grace that we don't deserve. Now, do I feel like I don't match up to those around me? That's, that's a lot. That's a huge part of the self-criticism. Well, you know what? We've been comparing ourselves since birth. Think about it. As soon as you're born, right away, everybody's around you talking about, oh my goodness, she has her mom's nose. Oh, those grandpa's ears? Oh my. Daddy's eyes. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, like you, you just right off the bat, you know, they're like picking you apart, right? So then we start picking ourselves apart because then later, later, I'm going to, okay, so I'm going to use my sister as an example here. Ashley, I'm sorry. I'm going to only say nice things. 
growing up, my sister and I were so different. I mean, she had blonde hair. I had brown hair. She had blue eyes. I had brown eyes. She's she's always just been petite. I was the little girl wearing the husky jeans from the boy department. Okay, like we were we were so so different. Like these these criticisms and the comparisons we've we've had with us since we were little it, I mean maybe maybe yours doesn't look exactly like that but I think you can think of your own example of this I mean we all have it but the thing is that's when we're looking horizontally Christ's death defines us instead it, it gives us that new definition because of my rebirth in him. I compare myself horizontally since I've been born, but my rebirth in him is what allows me to, to see myself in that, that new identity. My identity is the daughter of a king. Like I said in 1 John 3, 1, we are children of God. If I'm really thinking about it, I'd much rather keep comparing myself that way, not horizontally, because my goodness, I, I don't match up in my idea of the mark horizontally. I don't, I don't know where I even get this idea. I don't know. It's probably, probably social media. Oh my goodness, it's taking me down. Okay. Anyway, but when I'm comparing myself in light of who Christ is and who I am in Christ and that new identity Wow, I need to do that more often. So here's what we need to do. We need to be confident in these truths and share these truths with others. We need to make this the cool thing to do and not being, not being critical, self-critical and tearing ourselves down. We don't need to beat ourselves up over all of our perceived little mistakes and shortcomings and after we and like in doing this we also need to pray we need to acknowledge who God is God is good and he has blessed us with so much that we don't deserve and and he freely gives us grace in our shortcomings and that's all that matters and then we need to accept what he's done for us and when I'm thinking along those lines and praying along those lines, wow, is my day better. <laughs> it's so much more uplifting to think like that. It's hard. It's, it's hard to live it though every single day because not everyone looks the same. It's, but this is, this is more than our appearance or our physical ability. It's more than our family makeup. It's more than our home. Not everybody is going to look the same with their home and their decorations and or with their organization or their occupation, what they do, or if they stay home instead, or what kind of education you have. Yeah, there's so many ways that we can compare ourselves because not everyone looks the same. You can't keep doing that. I can't keep doing that. I shouldn't keep doing that. I need to stop that. This week, I tried something new. I talked to myself in the mirror. Okay, well, 
that part that that's not new but what I said was I told myself I'm a good mom and my kids love me that's what I would remind another wife and mom why not say it to myself it wasn't arrogance it was encouragement I needed to hear it Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you were encouraged or challenged by something you heard. And I always love hearing from listeners. So please, please reach out at Tina Hornick on Instagram or at keepingmysanity.com. As always, the link to everything we talked about today is in the show notes. Have a fantastic day and I can't wait to talk to you next time.